Welcome, everybody, to episode 154 of the Metabolus 2 podcast, a weekly podcast about Doctor Who, which features myself, Ben. And David. And this podcast, we are going to take advantage of the Big Finish free April 1st uh, offering, the Maltese Penguin. Hopefully everyone has downloaded that before it expired for free. Yeah. And it's a, a story written by Rob Sherman. Rob Sherman, everyone's favorite Who writer. Of course, um, Maltese Penguin was originally only available to subscribers. Mm-hmm. It was released 33 and a half. And of course, because of course I was a subscriber at the time, I have... A hard copy of the Maltese Penguin Mm. with a beautiful cover designed by Lean Binding. And, of course, my copy is signed by Robert Jezek himself. Frobisher. Frobisher, yeah. Signed by Frobisher. Before we get too far in this, I have to admit, I first listened to this last summer when I was uh, driving up to Duluth on a road trip. Oh, okay. So pretty recently I heard it, and it wasn't until my third listen to, uh, I listened to it earlier this week, just kind of refreshed myself in the story, and it wasn't until I listened to it today that I realized it was Colin Baker doing Frobisher for most of most of the story. He was imitating Jezik for whenever he was in the doctor's form. Indeed he was, yeah. <laughs> it just uh, flew over my head. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, no, I, yeah, um, hmm. It, that, I, 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 that, it did not fly over my head. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess, I, I guess, I, I sort of, you know, when Frobisher takes on the, because um, he's a Whiffadil, of course, yep. takes on the appearance of the Doctor, mm-hmm. then he takes on the Doctor's voice. Yeah, and so yeah. Uh, Colin Baker is doing <laughs> Robert Jezik's uh, accent as a Canadian doing a Bostonian kind of uh, New Yorker type accent, East Coast accent. Yeah, I mean, of course, as you well know, British people cannot distinguish American accents from each other. So how do, how do you feel Robert did with his varying styles of Americanese? Well, I always liked Jezik's Frobisher. I liked him in The Holy Terror and I liked him here. And I liked, so he did mostly the inner monologues. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Colin Baker, I thought, did a good job imitating Jezik, uh, imit- you know, doing the American accent. So yeah, it uh, yeah. only in... I guess only in subsequent listens did it. I pick up on it. So well done, Mr. Baker. Uh, exactly. I mean, he's a as we all know, he's a fabulous actor. Mm-hmm. So um, not really, not really surprised. So for background for our listener, I did a little research. Uh, I'm sure you, I'm sure you, Ben, had watched Frobisher develop in Doctor Who magazine um, back in the mid '80s, 1984, May 1984 is when he first debuted in DWM 88. That's true. Uh, though I will have to admit, um, the spirit of full disclosure, I was not reading Doctor Who magazine at that point. Oh yes, because it was Colin Baker years. Yes, Colin Baker years. I did not like the Colin Baker years. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like Colin Baker's outfit. I didn't like the stories. Well, um, fortunately, his outfit was in black and white. In unfortunately, the... <laughs> that's that's true. Which is which is sad because mm-hmm. the Colin Baker strips, mm-hmm. as written by um, uh, Steve Parkhouse and illustrated by John Ridgway, who of course gets name checked in the Maltese Penguin, <laughs> yes, um, is a is a literal high point and also a metaphorical high point of the of the strip. Certainly during the eighties. Yeah, there are some fantastic illustrations on Ridgway's part. Yeah, and Parkhouse is an amazing, very, very underrated comic writer, mm-hmm. um, writer of comic books. Mm-hmm. Very, very underrated, and his run on both 
the Davison Doctor and the Colin Baker Doctor is is absolutely extraordinary. So I'm sorry I wasn't reading it, um, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. So there you go. But you loop back around and picked them up, or yeah, no, I have them all in the Panini collected edition. So oh, yeah. very good, very yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the interesting thing about this story, uh, the Maltese Penguin, not only is it uh, homage of uh, Shearman's part to film noir, or I guess this would be tape noir or cd noir or whatever cd noir Mm -hmm. um but it is a callback to the shapeshifter the original park house comic serial in dwm 88 and 89 because we have uh, several callbacks to the mean streets and mazumas and dog bolter and shifting into the doctor so it really is kind of a full circle uh, with Big Finish doing the sideways jump into the comic strips. Yeah, which is interesting because I think they've, they've, they sort of gave up on that for a while. Um, yeah. But I think certainly in recent years, they've been mining the comic strips a lot more closely than mm-hmm. they were sort of doing at this point. I'm, I'm actually, I don't understand. I mean, they, I think there were only two Frobishers, uh, mm-hmm. The Holy Terror and the Maltese Penguin. Um, and I don't know why they didn't do any more, actually, because um, maybe they just felt maybe because um, I've, I've got my big book of Big Finish from 2003 in front of me right here. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Rob Shearman is very, 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 very dismissive of the Maltese Penguin, um, mm-hmm. at, at certainly at this point in his career, really just rips into it as being basically, what does he say? Um Nonetheless, Robert Shearman insists that the Maltese Penguin is his desert island Doctor Who story, by which I mean I'd like to bury it on a desert island. It's <laughs> annoying because it's the evidence of a lot of very talented people working very hard, both behind the microphone and in production, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the central idea wasn't strong enough. The humor is not dramatic enough. It's a tremendous shame. Hmm. Yeah, he absolutely hates it. I'm wondering whether they just kind of like, okay, well, if, I guess if he's the Frobisher writer... And he really felt this was a failure. Then maybe we're never going to do it again. Hmm. I think it's probably knowing Big Finish was their reaction. This was came out in what two thousand two July yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, it came out. It was a, it was it was released as a part with uh, with Neverland. Yeah, okay, the Eighth which, Doctor, which was their kind of like you know Eighth Doctor sort of resolution of their kind of Zagreus right timeline thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was before its time fandom wasn't ready to receive a crossover into the comic strips in audio drama at that point yeah and i think i, th- I think actually though you know there was still quite a division between you know people who like the the tv show and people who like the comic strips um right. I, I, well I, you know i think as, as i just described i mean i think there were a number of people who were fans who weren't reading the magazine you know in the 80s mm-hmm. and maybe weren't that interested in you know didn't really care about frobisher mm-hmm well, reading his Twitter feed, I think Sherman has softened a little bit on writing for Frobisher. There's a few tweets that he sent out when okay. Big Finished announced that this was coming out for free on April 1st. Uh, he says, he quote, I loved writing for dear old Frobisher. And he adds, I was very lucky at the time I was doing Who. My sense of humor sort of fitted. And I got away with telling the same basic story several times and no one seemed to mind. It was enormous fun and I'm so proud I got to play in the sandpit for a while. And then he goes on and says uh, his idea for a new Frobisher story or how he sees Frobisher coming back. He writes, I always secretly thought he was Wilf. 
partly because I love the idea that Bernard Cribbin secretly played Frobisher, and partly because Donna makes such sense as the descendant of a shape-shifting penguin. Wow. That's his theory that like Frobisher is Wilf and, and vice versa. I think that's his fan headcanon. His headcanon. Okay, fair enough. Fair that enough. Uh, Donna is a descendant of Frobisher. Wow. Well, again, I'll have to say what he says here in 2003. It says, mm-hmm. I think as a script, it's rather amus- amusing to read, Shearman says. But mm-hmm. also, without question, it's the worst bit of work I've done for Big Finish. <laughs> I should have known that what seems witty on paper isn't necessarily witty as drama. There's a rather smug self-indulgence to the Maltese Penguin. I forgot that I was writing the story for the actors and the audience rather than for myself. Hmm. Hmm. Well, one of the commenters on Twitter said it was the only story that he wrote that didn't leave emotional damage. And he responds. Yeah, yeah no, it's... Okay, okay, sorry, carry on. Mm-hmm. And he responds, bless you. It's only an hour long, you see. If they had given me just 10 more minutes to play with, I bet I'd have stuck something emotionally traumatizing in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very light. It's fun. And um, uh, what's the word? You know, frothy, inconsequential. It's a romp. It's a romp. It's a romp. It's a romp. And I I mean, one of the things I kind of liked about it is that it's it's another one. I mean, like um, Invaders from Mars, it's another kind of noir pastiche. Right. But, I mean, at this point, like, noir is basically the pastiche of itself. You know, it's kind right. of like assembling these parts that no one really kind of knows about. I guess maybe mm-hmm. Rob, Rob Shearman does. But, you know, Alistair Locke doing the kind of Peter Laurie voice, you know, which <laughs> which is just ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's, it's you know, it segues into kind of like, you know, Blue Bottle from the Goon Show at one point. <laughs> it's just, just, just silly, 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 yeah, silly, silly yeah. stuff. And um, um, Jane Goddard, you know, who's mm-hmm. uh, Alicia Mulholland, obviously Mulholland, right. Mulholland Drive, right. um, who apparently is uh, was certainly in two thousand and three was Rob Shimon's wife. Really? Yeah, it says here. I didn't know that. <laughs> Janie Goddard hyphen, who's now my wife hyphen can't really embody her character properly because she's working too hard on the parody oh he says okay um well the jane goddard factoid i know is she plays alpha centauri in big finish and uh bride of peladon oh right interesting yeah well i mean i've no idea whether they're still married i mean you know that is like 17 years ago and people do change but uh, maybe they are maybe she angrily divorced him after after he rubbished her performance in um uh, doctor <laughs> who the new audio adventures um by benjamin no, i think they are still married excellent that is good to hear i approve of people who remain married um <laughs> but i mean you know she obviously she's english which is like well why uh, why doesn't she do an american accent i oh i thought it was more of a continental accent but uh maybe not no i, I felt it was pretty kind of upper class english but oh who knows um, okay. Anyway, I mean, the whole thing is kind of silly. I do think that um, Toby Longworth is amazing as Josiah Dogbolter. That's just, I thought he was great. Yeah. He manages his uh, rage very well until the very end. And it just, uh, uh, it's, it's well played, like you say. It's well played. Yeah, yeah. It was reminding me of um, Ian McKellen in Flushed Away. Oh, really? Um, have you, you seen Flushed Away? No, I haven't. But so, Ian McKellen, that's that's high praise. Oh, yeah. I, I would be very surprised. Well, I, I actually, I, no, I would be surprised because it seems amazing. I would be surprised if, like, Ian McKellen hadn't based his performance on Toby Longworth in The Maltese Penguin. It's it's <laughs> abs. It's kind of like um, 
just very, very, very similar. Uh-huh. Um, and, and Ian McKellen in Flushed Away plays like a kind of a, a kind of a, a toad, a giant toad supervillain, which uh-huh. is kind of what Josiah Dogbolter is. So yes, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, very, very similar. And of course, at the same time, Longworth was also playing Judge Dredd in the um, mm. big Finnish adaptations of 2000 AD strips. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it kind of fits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think Sherman is a little hard on his writing there. I think it is uh, both fun to read and fun to listen to. And it starts out gangbusters with uh, Frobisher's inner monologue with my friends call me Frobisher. My enemies call me Mr. Frobisher in the junk mail department of the Galactic's Reader Digest calls me Mrs. F.R. Rubbisher. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Stuff like that and... I like the twist that Frobisher thinks that the doctor has been his assistant on yeah. numerous occasions. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. I mean, I think his criticism in certainly in this book is that he feels that the script is too funny and not really kind of geared towards the actors, i.e. You know, there's too many jokes in it. Um, I don't mm. actually think that. I think the jokes work pretty well. I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty wide. The humor is pretty wide. It's pretty. I mean, you're spoofing noir. Yeah, it's pretty spoofy. It's pretty hitchhikery. You know, it's pretty <laughs> nerdy. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, this is a big finished drama. So what do you expect it to be? Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he is being hard on himself. And I think the funniest joke is comes really early on when... Frobisher's doing the male gaze, watching Elisa Mulholland unzip her hip flask or whatever. Right. And, well, first off, she calls him out. Would you mind not staring quite so obviously at my legs? But then when he says, well, tell me about the case, tell me what you want me to do, he starts drifting off, daydreaming about Alicia. And uh, she goes, Mr. Frobisher, Mr. Frobisher. And he kind of goes, oh, I I got lost back there somewhere. So I thought (laughs) that was... That to me is funny. It's playing with that all these uh, the, this trope of the inner monologue in these noir films, and how the detective just kind of lost himself back in back in his mind while the client is talking away. Yeah, no, it's and again, I think it's this kind of noir parody, which is like a parody of a parody at this point, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's so 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 kind of you know par what's the word paradific paradific. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's so there's so much parody going on that that mm-hmm. actually makes it even funnier, basically. And just the parody that he makes uh, swipe at Colin Baker in his less than svelte form, his non aerodynamic form, and how uh, Frobisher is lamenting the fact that he doesn't understand how the Doctor can run through quite so many corridors in such a <laughs> such a state that uh, Colin Baker is in. Yeah, and you know, and um, Josiah Dogbolter's, you know, heavy is called Elgar. Yeah. You know, which is like, <laughs> the whole thing's just kind of silly and ridiculous mm-hmm. and fun. Oh, and then the police, uh, Peter Laurie is Chandler, uh, probably after Raymond Chandler. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot like that, or uh, Peter, not Peter Laurie. Uh, a Chandler going uh, Mr. Wise Ass, and it just it just fits, and I think the humor, I think the only piece of humor that I think that fell flat for me was the Lauren Bacall to have and to have not reference to uh, you know how to whistle, don't you? You know how to quack, don't you? Uh, that that kind of didn't land for me at all. Oh, I you know I completely disagree. I thought that I was I oh, I laughed okay. out loud at that one. Just put your beak together and vibrate. Yep. <laughs> Stiffen your beak and vibrate. But then the but then Frobisher goes quack. 
because obviously, like, I don't, I don't, the, what, what I, the joke that I got there is like, he's a whiffadil, not a penguin. He can't make a quacking sound. So uh, he just uh-huh. says quack. Um, oh, yeah, right. I, th- I thought it was hilarious. But anyway, yeah, uh, no, I mean, well, like, all the I way I think through, that went the, right over my head then. So now that it's explained to me, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's just funny jokes all the way through it. And as I said, mm-hmm. you know, when the Peter Laurie voice kind of breaks down into like a goon show voice, it's like, right. yeah, this is just people are just having fun, like reading mm-hmm. this out. I don't know why he was so down on it in 2003. Maybe they just caught him in a, in a bad mood or something. I don't know. But he was pretty down on uh, Chimes of Midnight, too, until he listened to it. I think, like many, many creative types, they can't see their work for what it is. They are very harsh on it. Right. Right. And and this might be a case of, uh, well, obviously, Big Finish didn't pick up Frobisher. We aren't doing more Frobisher stories. It must have been uh, the Maltese Penguin, the spoof of the Maltese Falcon that, that killed it. So, obviously, it must be rubbish. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, he does say it's a funny script. He just said it's... Mm-hmm. It, what, funny for him. Yeah, the kind of analysis he's doing here is that he should have written a less funny script and a more dramatic script. Um, mm, so I think maybe... It worked as well, I think. Well, I think maybe what I'm reading here is that, you know, he this is, you know, this is 17 years ago and he, you know, he obviously... Softened a bit. Obviously, Sherman is a... He is a serious dramatist. I think maybe 17 years ago he was working harder at becoming a serious dramatist and mm-hmm. was more critical of making sure that what he was writing was fully tuned towards actors who had to read it out which mm-hmm. which I think is what he's saying but again I mean I think what the contrast there is actually I get the actors having a really fun time right. you know reading out his script where here he's saying that you know Janie Goddard um you know is not able to do the character properly because you know the script is too funny well Actually, I think she's doing a. I think she's doing a great yeah. job. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I'll, the whole cast is pitch perfect. I think for this, and it's nice to contrast it to um, Mark Gatiss's script, "The Invaders from Mars" or "War of the Worlds" or whatever, whatever he did, which is another noir pastiche where it is really serious. But then you have uh Gatiss's humor all the way through it and that is a really funny script as well it is hilarious well here's sorry I'm, I'm gonna read out an, another bit you know which okay. I think I think is, is is interesting they're meant to be throwaway comments upon the action light and quick instead they bring the audience right out of the scene it's my fault he explains when the script requires every single cast member to adopt outrageous accents and impersonate famous actors the whole thing becomes completely artificial it seemed to me to be funny on paper to have Colin Baker play Frobisher with a bad American accent, but it's a joke that wears very thin and kills countless subtler jokes in the process. I mean, he's basically mm. wrong there. I mean, what makes it hilarious <laughs> is that everyone is like doing these ridiculous accents, including Colin Baker, who you've just said does actually does a really good job at doing. I, I think so. Impersonating a Canadian, impersonating a hard bit hard-bitten private eye from a 1930s noir movie yeah you know i guess i'm a soft touch for rob sherman's writing i like it a lot and (laughs) this one didn't disappoint either yeah there you go you see rob rob you're wrong and actually um (laughs) as as, as you 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 admit that you're wrong because apparently on twitter you're already saying that so yeah i think he's softened a little bit or it could just be when confronted by fans saying how much he likes it who's he to say no you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) the other bit i'd like to call out i think the sound design and the music for this which uh david darlington who is a 
big Finnish uh, uh, house composer almost, house sound designer, is again perfect. And the beats of uh, when Frobisher is doing his inner monologue and then when Alicia Munholland walks in, you get that low sax riff. She has her own little leap motif. Uh, Frobisher obviously has his own leap motif throughout it. I think it, I think it works really well in the sound design, and it, it underscores the script in ways that help bring out the humor or just bring out the, the grimy, the gritty of this noir comedic world. Well, I'm, I'm going to read you out more from the book. Um, okay. Also, Rob, Rob Sheeran hated the music as well. Um, <laughs> here you go. It, but it's way too little too late. The situation isn't helped by the musical decision to underscore these moments differently. It's uh-huh. not Davy Darlington's fault, bless him, as he clearly wants to explain the change in pace and tone, but it only emphasizes the lurch in and out of the main action. I'm not blaming anyone. I'd wanted the monologues to be full of character and breezier. I'd have should have written them more clearly. Uh-huh. Um, and then he goes on. <laughs> and then Darlington says, "Rob Shearman loaned me a, a load of film noir videos. Farewell, my lovely, the Big Sleep, the Maltese Falcon. But they weren't really much of much help. The music was far too kind of ordinary." Said Darlington. And what's interesting here is that obviously Shearman is a fan of noir because he had right. a bunch of videos to lend uh-huh. to Darlington. Um, it just sounded like old film music rather than the cod sound we've come to associate with film noir versus the likes of Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid and The Singing Detective. So again, what Darlington is doing here, which is smart, is he's he's realizing that this isn't a parody of a of, of film noir. This is a parody of parodies of film right. noir. It's like right. a double parody. Mm-hmm. Additionally, Alastair Locke had, had just recently scored Invaders from Mars which was in a not dissimilar style, very evocative. So again, like the point you just made, they've already done a parody of noir, so this is like a double parody. So I had to go in a different direction and went completely the other way, aiming for over-stylization. The tempo never varies at any point, and the music is almost ubiquitous. There are only only a couple of minutes devoid (laughs) of music, which was Uh very intentional. I was aiming for something very stylized and unnatural, which I certainly achieved. Some people like it, some people don't. Fair enough. I'm very pleased with the last five minutes or so and the reworking of the Doctor Who theme. Mm-hmm. Yep, it trails out with the perfect going from the Frobisher theme into the Doctor Who theme. And this afternoon, I bought uh, David Darlington's uh, soundtrack. He has the the whole soundtrack for two pounds out on Bandcamp, and it is the whole hour long soundtrack, pretty much. <laughs> oh, cool! It's it's nonstop of. But it works. And I think where Sherman is wrong in this is I think he doesn't realize, he might not have realized that he was doing um, a parody of a parody. Yes. I think he was trying to just do a, a one once removed, but this works so much better when you think of it as a twice removed parody. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Darlington really kind of hits the nail on the head here. This mm-hmm. is, this is a, this is a double parody. It's not just yes. a, just it's not just a regular parody. And I think that's what Shearman doesn't like about it that it's too on the nose, but that's what makes it work and ties it all together is Darlington's soundtrack or his soundscaping and the music throughout it. It really emphasizes the 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 when you do in the inner monologues, when you do in the scene changes. It I think it really helps even blend and smooth over uh, Jezik and Baker doing Frobisher when you switch between the two voices. 
Right. So, Sherman is wrong. <laughs> Sherman is sorry, Sherman. Sorry. Well, I mean, so, he's, he's. I mean, he's 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 certainly wrong in two thousand and three. I mean, I right, think, right. I think maybe he's changed his mind a little bit now. But um, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's great to have Dog Bolter um as mm, a villain. Okay. Um, you know, he was a very very popular villain in the comic book, and I think he's perfectly voiced by Longworth, as I've just said. And mm-hmm. currently in the comics, well, not currently, but certainly the last kind of arc in the comic strip currently in in uh, Doctor Who, Who magazine, the main villain or the main kind of protagonist villain has been uh, Josiah Dogbolter's daughter, oh. um, Baraka Dogbolter. So it's a villain who's kept on going, mm-hmm. but it's deliberately, you know, it's, it was given away free to subscribers. It's numbered 33 and a half. It's not a heavyweight piece of drama. It's a really light, frothy silly piece of hour-long comedy mm-hmm. beautifully produced and you know, very nicely written because you know big finish even back in the early days was a quality outfit and i think you know it's it's well worth a listen i think it was really mm-hmm. smart of them to have it as a free download right um for april fool's day yeah it it doesn't outstay its welcome our nope. length is perfect for it i think the jokes more or less land i think the soundscaping is wonderful and it's it's a recommend and you have the interplay between the doctor and frobisher i think is even delightful you have the doctor admitting that he's lonely and that's why he wants frobisher back and you have that scene very early on where Frobisher having the inner monologue where he's going to have to give the doctor the same hard answer and then somebody knocks on the door and he speaks all right doctor you're right let's go into the TARDIS and then it auto- and it switches to the the plot where it's Alicia Mulholland at the door but it's the nice contrast between the inner monologue and then Frobisher not being as tough and noir as his mind is when he's really out in the world right 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 so and just like the doctor talking about frobisher's walls are grimy and frobisher going i like it grimy i i don't know there's not much more to say without really going into minute by minute since it's only an hour long but it's definitely worth a listen to i really wish they'd do more frobisher i like jezik's uh, Frobisher. I, I even like Baker's Frobisher together. I think it's yeah. a really, really good mix. And I, I hope someone in Big Finish is uh, looking at the downloads, looking to the reaction, uh, looking at Sherman's Twitter feed. People like Frobisher. They would like him back. It, I'm sure Rob is not interested in writing for Doctor Who anymore, but somebody must someone have an idea must want out there. Yeah, I mean Robert Jezik's still around. You know, he's still a yeah. jobbing actor. He still lives yeah. in the UK. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is the beginning of a Frobisher revival, I'm all for it. I mean, maybe this is. Maybe they're trailing. You know, maybe there's going to be more Frobisher. Though, I guess, thanks to the current COVID excitement, Big Finish aren't currently recording. So, we may have to wait. I thought I saw something on Twitter that they are doing home studios. They were recording oh, Tom really? Baker at home in oh, his home recording i did not see kit. that well that makes sense i mean we certainly don't want to endanger tom no god God's no. sake yeah christ no oh interesting well i guess i mean because they've done that famously they got that master i can't remember what it was called now masterful or something where they basically got all the masters together including mm-hmm. eric roberts who's like phoned it in from a well <laughs> phoned, it phoned it in, in <laughs> phoned it in literally rather metaphorically in mm-hmm. this case mm-hmm. um uh from california so um yeah Excellent. Good. Well, I'm glad they... 
I mean, I think I think maybe the challenge is is you obviously actors you know like to play off each other. And right. I think one of the reasons that Big Finish has been such a huge success over the years is that obviously mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun and people. Um, it's clear that the actors who are in Big Finish, you know, have a really great time at the studio doing these shows. So, so I mean, hopefully they can get the same chemistry going with remote recording. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it might just be a special with Tom in this time frame. I don't know. Big Finish has uh, is well prepared for the coming months and stuff, but they certainly wouldn't want to... stuff banked, yeah. Don't want to slow the train down at all, if at all possible. But uh, COVID-19 definitely is doing that to not only Big Finish, but everyone else. I'm sure Doctor Who production is being a little bit uh, slowed down by this virus. Yeah, well, I think everybody, everybody's being slowed down by this, this darn virus. Yeah. Well, it's starting, nucleus of the swarm. Starting to get, or <laughs> starting to get a little uh, old. Old, yep. yes. Old is right. Old is right. Um, good. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, as as you've just pointed out, there's not a huge amount more to say, Mm -hmm. um, other than totally down, if you haven't downloaded it, I think you've missed your chance now. So just go and buy it. It's really good. It's worth having. It was $5 US, uh, five pounds UK. I think the last time I looked in the summer, it's worth it. If you haven't downloaded and you are listening to this podcast, uh, well, great, thank you. And but uh, if you have a spare fiber, go go get go pick it up. Yeah, go pick it up. Exactly, definitely. All right, thank you for listening to episode one fifty four of the Metabulous Two podcast. I've been working at twelve Mazumas per day plus expenses with Ben, and I've been putting on a ridiculously fake American accent with David. <laughs> And until next week. Goodbye. And we've been sitting in uncomfortable plastic chairs, mind you. I'll speak for yourself. My my, my chair is delightfully comfortable. Well, there you go. There you go. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Quack. 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 (laughs) 